Hello, you're listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. We are a general interest independent bookstore located in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. This year, because of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had to close our store and cancel in-person events. But Skylight is your neighborhood bookstore, and we are finding ways to create community even while we're far apart. In the coming weeks, we'll be putting out lots of new audio content to help you discover new books, connect with authors, and check in with your favorite booksellers. To learn more about how you can help keep Skylight alive, please visit our website at skylightbooks.com or check out our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome back to Skylight, uh, Skylight, the Skylight Books podcast. I'm your host, Lance Morgan, and today I'm very excited for a super special episode. We have today a good friend of mine, but before I introduce her, I want to just let you know that Skylight Books is now open for browsing uh, with social distancing rules still in place. So please bring your masks um, and just come and enjoy. It's, uh, we're excited to have you back. Um, we also have curbside pickup and online ordering at www.skylightbooks.com. So if you don't want to come in, you can still get your books. Today, I'm super excited to introduce Abigail Paxson who is the owner of Story House Book Pub in Des Moines, Iowa, and loves nothing more than handing the perfect book to a fellow reader at just the right time. She's an enthusiastic bookseller and writes in her spare time, mostly about books. Abby, I'm so excited to have you. Oh, I'm so pumped to be here. It's so good to see you. Good to see you. So full disclaimer to our listeners, um, me and Abby, have like we're friends we've been friends for years um <laughs> Abby what is our what is our um past history in the book world oh um bookseller friends <laughs> friends friends, friends mm-hmm. book friends long distance <laughs> friends business, business <laughs> friends friends and business. business friends business and friendship business and friendship yeah no Abby <laughs> Abby was actually my first manager at a bookstore, book bar in Denver, where we worked together for almost two years. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a book bar was like a family for all of us. So I'm just happy that it continues afterwards. So uh, this is, this is just super fun for me. And Abby, we, and we're just like, it's not even like we, we still don't talk. We talk all the time. So (laughs) (laughs) we do. This is like uh, the first time we've seen each other face to face in a second though. That's so, true. Probably like a year, maybe. Oh Just too bad. <laughs> this is yes. wild a concept, but like, you know what? Soon it's going to be, we're going to be able to visit and have fun and all so that fun stuff. Yeah. So Abby, could you please tell me about the wild journey you took to, um, to where you ended up in Des Moines, Iowa? Because, um, there's, I feel like this is a fantastic story. Yeah, I can, I always love talking about, you know, books and book journeys. Books and book journeys. <laughs> so, 
Yes. So you and I met in Denver where mm-hmm. we worked together at the bookstore there. And I do have to just mention before I get into my wild journey yeah. um, that I just want to make sure that all of your listeners know um, that when full on shopping is back on, mm-hmm. they are about to see a book selling version of Lance, the likes of which <laughs> they've never seen before. <laughs> I remember watching you on the floor work with customers and I just, I've never seen somebody connect so well <laughs> with so many different types of people handing them stacks and stacks of books that they would just walk out with and feel so delighted. My new book that I've been like just like pushing on people is yes, please. Because I always like to push books that I know you like to push on people. It's one of my I've things. Been, I've been pushing the house in Cerulean Sea recently. I wondered if that was gonna be it. I've just been like just pushing. Like the other day, I like had it out on my um, staff for my staff picks, and like I came in two days later, I was like, Where is my book? Did someone like take it off the shelf? They're like, No, it just sold. <laughs> I'm like, what and I recently just sold them I just sold the immortalist even like in a way that like which is like a book that um to all the listeners amazing book but like I loved it and I would sell it all the time at book bar and I guess I'm selling it now but um okay. no again but I even like just put it on display for like 10 seconds and I came back and I was like where did this go <laughs> like, <laughs> it's sold. so I guess I'm still selling that yeah that was like basically the biggest problem of having you on staff was making sure that we could stock your books quickly enough and keep them on hand for all the customers you can. And like, I have received no better compliments, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I'm so good to see you at a bookstore again, Lance. Um, Yeah, so I, I worked at that store for five, a little over five years, and just sort of fell into the book industry, not quite on purpose. I was a high school English teacher and I was a middle school English teacher for a few years and decided to go back and get my master's in writing and thought, oh, working at a bookstore will be like a cute, fun thing that I can pass my time doing while I get my master's in, of course. (laughs) The industry gets you. It sucks you in. Yeah, yeah. And I did not know what I was getting into, you know, just the world of publishers and authors and the incredible world of other independent booksellers, um, all the amazing people you start to meet and the creativity and the ways that indie bookstores just get enmeshed in the community in a really, really cool way. So the way that I fell pretty hard. <laughs> the way that other like, and we won't mention the empire's name here but uh, the independent book community is like a community that no other people can like really get because it's just so I don't know familial familial is that the right word like just like personal and like everyone has the same goal which is just to like get people books so like and yeah Abby you were like amazing I and I want to like say this to the listeners Abby was like amazing in this world like people like people just you would go I mean I remember we went to the trade show that you graciously invited me to which was one of the like highlights of my book time and like I remember walking to space people like Abby like everyone knew you in a way that was like oh my god I'm with a celebrity (laughs) 
Wow, that's one of the few times I probably ever like anyone would ever say that about me. I with a celebrity. But sorry, keep going, keep going. No, yeah, that is exactly what it feels like. It feels like once you get to know the people doing this work, it it gets it kind of gets under your skin. And um yes, so I I managed that store Hmm. in Denver. Um And, you know, our time in Denver, I'm originally from Iowa and it was just became clear after a while, my husband and I, we looked at each other one day and we're like, are, are we talking about moving back home? (laughs) Is it time to move back to Iowa? Which is something that we didn't necessarily anticipate, but worked for a lot of reasons for us. And, you know, I, I remember at the end of 2019, I was working on a business plan, Mm -hmm. um, for a bookstore thinking maybe in the future, maybe five years down the road, 10, I will pick this bookstore dream back up and, and build my own. Um, we were talking to you about that and you were so like, you had a plan, you did have a big plan. Yes. And you were just like, so I don't even know if, I mean, I just remember being like, Abby, you can do this. You, you have no, <laughs> I believe in you. And you like, you thought that it was going to be very, it was going to take a second, which like yeah. makes sense for a bookstore, for an independent bookstore in a new yes. community that you just moved to. But you were like, it's going to take a second. I'm going to start small. I'm, you had this plan. Yes. And like everyone's end of 2019 plans, you know, something <laughs> happened. Something happened. Uh, a little thing called a pandemic happened, right? Yes. All of the things we were thinking and talking about at the end of 2019 are funny <laughs> now so funny. for so many reasons. And so, yes, yeah, so I was almost working on the bookstore as a sort of thought experiment. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I need to go get a job that's going to make financial sense <laughs> and make me money. And, you know, yeah. I started once we moved to Des Moines, I started applying for all of these jobs in like the marketing and advertising world, things that I don't like yeah. <laughs> that, I, that I can do, but I, I you know, um, it wasn't the and right move. <laughs> it wasn't the right. And sometimes, sometimes that's how things work. I don't know where, you know, it sounds cliche, but when doors are closing, <laughs> you have to step back and look at who you actually are and what you actually want. And, um, so, so yeah, at the beginning of 2020, before the pandemic, I took a small business class here in Des Moines and still was kind of in the thought experiment stage of the bookstore, just getting to know people and got my LLC for Storyhouse Book Pub, the bookstore I now own, um, the first week of March 2020. <laughs> and then everything shut down. <laughs> So I, you know, I, it all happened in a way that it never would have happened without kind of the world just getting shaken up, which is um, kind of one of the things about hard things is that sometimes just certain things dislodge and create opportunities. And so um, I, my first model was to uh, work with other independent businesses in Des Moines and do story times with them and to just have a few books and do story times in other people's spaces, which after everything shut down became a completely untenable thought. Right. <laughs> I mean, you, so you made movements in that though. You were like, yeah. you had plans in that. And it was like, 
I remember like it being like a feasible thing. Like it was very yeah. like, this is, this can happen in this space. Yeah. I, I think I had a date set actually yeah. for a cupcake shop here in Des Moines and we were going to move forward. And then she was like, I'm having to lay off all of my staff and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, who, who knows what's happening? Yeah. Um, so yes. So I uh, ended up putting a miniature bookstore inside of um, a, a gift and boutique sort of shop on um it's sort of like a small business district here in Des Moines as they sort of cautiously opened back up in the summer and they happened to be opening a, a children's space mm-hmm. that they were hoping to do books in. And I happened to walk into their lives at the right time. So that was sort of my very first step as a bookstore um, is just stocking their space which ended up working really well and gave me a little foothold in the community to start telling people that I'm a real bookstore and to start building this platform and this online community and really start earnestly networking with other with other organizations in in Des Moines here. So since then it's um, that shop has has maintained and did really has done really well and has been really good inside that small business but I've sort of been able to branch out into other, all kinds of little other events and pop-ups that kind of culminated in (laughs) me opening up my garage (laughs) and creating a makeshift bookstore out of my garage this season. So I mean, as a fan of your online presence, which is like incredible, you should all follow Storyhouse Pub, Book Pub, sorry. Um, Storehouse Pub is like a bar somewhere that like needs to be a thing too. But like I feel like oh, it will be. Yeah, it will be a thing. It will be a thing, guys. It will be a thing. Look out, (laughs) next time you're Des Moines, it might be there. Um, no, as a person who's um, just like a fan of all your online, you're you've been like a pop up like one person force that's just like. And like, I know that you have had a lot of help. Shout out to Sky, your yeah. who I, I know he's going to be listening. So hi, Sky. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, but it's you, you guys have just like you and your community have just been like, just, I don't know, just working so hard. And it's been so apparent. And like, I, I can only say your online presence because I mean, personally, because we talked about it too, but like yes. just mainly like what I can see is through your online presence, how amazing it's looked and all that. Thank you. I, that has been probably the most rewarding part of this work so far mm-hmm. is I, you know, in my 2019 business plan, mm-hmm. it was basically me regurgitating what I had already done and what I already knew of the way a bookstore could work. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, if you have a lot of startup um, capital and can kind of make it into what you would imagine it to be right away. Right. Um, that's that's what I had started with with that business plan. But getting into the Des Moines community here, it has really been a practice in like, this sounds really like woo-woo to me to say it out loud, but like the, the energy you put out mm-hmm. into the community and what your kind of heart is and your hope is for your own involvement with it and your hope for others 
it, it, it comes back, or at least that's, that's how it seemed to me. And I have been blown away by how many other small business owners, um, creatives, artists, makers, organizations that have really similar passions for building a neighborhood, building a Des Moines life together that is um, similar to what I want. You know, you want to know your neighbors. (laughs) You want to make sure people have what they need. You want to create a space for people to connect. And I mean, I could, I could gush on about this, but I've met uh, so many other women, particularly doing things and making things in the community that has been transformative for what Storyhouse Book Pub has started to become and how we've started to grow because I've mostly just tapped other people and been like, Hey, do you want to do this with me? <laughs> do you want to make this with me? Do you want to come to my garage in February in below zero weather and throw an event outside? Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. <laughs> wow. And like, I mean, I don't know you were how long were you gone from Iowa like how what was your like intermission period so we lived I we moved to Colorado right after I graduated from my undergrad so we were there for not eight or nine years so almost Um, almost a decade away so you like leave and there's a homecoming but still there's like that time when you're like out of the community you're like still trying to find your place there but like the way you did it and the how fast you did it was just so, I don't know, it just was so heartwarming to see because like you became like this, I don't want to, like, I don't know if you would say staple because like, but like you become this voice in your community, this person that people in, I feel like Des Moines, even just seeing your social media, people are like, people know Storyhouse now in Des Moines and people are, the small businesses like rallying together. How has that been for you to see like, to become part of this Des Moines community? I feel so lucky. (laughs) I feel so lucky at how responsive Mm -hmm. everyone has been. There are so many readers here, for instance. People that were ready for somebody to pop up and say, I wanna be a bookstore, come to my garage. And they were like, okay, (laughs) we'll do that. Mm-hmm. We'll come in droves, <laughs> which has shocked me. And and after any of those events that I, I've done so far and working with other businesses, but also meeting people here, mm-hmm. I just get so excited because I my husband makes fun of me, but I say, I just want to know everybody. <laughs> I want to know everybody. I want to, I want to be, um, I want to know people, you know, at the store, the book bar, that was, I remember the feeling of opening the shop Mm -hmm. on some weekday morning Mm -hmm. and seeing the same people walk by, walk their dogs or whatever. And the same people come in for their, you know, 10 o'clock coffee and the same families drop in at story time. And that more than anything is, you know, the kind of (laughs) the Meg Ryan life I want. (laughs) Just knowing who your people are. And that's, no, I mean, that's so special because like, there is something so, it's not, it make it makes it not just a business, but like, uh, I don't want, not a home, a place of just like, a place where people need to be. I mean, like, as a kid, I think about like, 
there there wasn't a independent bookstore close to me so I remember the closest I would get is just like sitting at the Starbucks cafe at Barnes and Noble yes. and reading my books every weekend because my mom was like you're not buying anything so <laughs> here <laughs> so you could spend six hours here I don't care you're not getting a book but I mean like to think that now they have the space where like they know the owner they can do that and have someone who knows them like wave them high in the and for um both adults and young adults and children to have that safe space too we're like yeah. parents know you and they feel and they know that you'll have this story time here you can talk they know that you're not just like a person who's going to sell them a book but it will also talk to them that's so amazing and I'm glad that like Des Moines has like accepted you into their arms so fast. <laughs> as they should, as they, as and they're lucky for it. They're lucky to have you there. But um, can you uh, talk to me? I mean, and this is where we're getting on to more, <laughs> a little more serious in the conversation. But I mean, the pandemic in the past year wasn't the only thing I think that threw a wrench in a lot of small businesses. Um, I You were very vocal and, um, reactive in a positive way when the Black Lives Matter movement happened a year ago. How was it as a new um, business owner in Des Moines and like a white uh, bookstore owner to like see that in the community? I'm not aware of like the um, demographic of Des Moines, but I assume it's majoritively white. But like, how did you, how did that, how did that like also work for you because that was something that you came into that like probably wasn't expected as well and like something that you had to handle yeah yes um I I mean that this is a question I I'm thinking about now today Mm -hmm. as I'm I'm um you know looking at (laughs) we're still in the Derek Chauvin trial we're in you know this (laughs) most recent shooting of of black man in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. it's, and thinking, <clears throat> I have this platform of a bookstore and how, how does, do small businesses respond to this? And I mean, it's, it's a question every time. And I think it, for me, it feels appropriate to sit with that and, and take it very seriously. And I think, um, there are a lot of people that go into small businesses and, and few people go into small businesses feeling like I'm going to comment on, I now must comment on every social event that happens right. in our society. You know, that's not what you think about. And yet, because especially if your intention as mine is, mm-hmm. is to be a safe place in the community one that thinks about your neighbors Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, whose underlying mission is love your neighbor, (laughs) love your neighbor, love your neighbor, love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Uh, and not just when it's talking about kindness, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, kindness and diversity are these words and, and particularly in books that have, I think, um, lost some of their meaning. Mm-hmm. especially when we're facing um, some of the, the blatant white supremacy on display in our communities. Kindness and diversity <laughs> are, not, are not going to cut it. You know, diversity trainings and, um, you know, 
So it's something that I do think a lot about, but I, I felt like it was actually a nice opportunity coming into a community that, you know, I'm from Iowa, but I'm not from Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being able to set this up early of who I am, mm-hmm. because as much as you might not want to be sometimes as a small business, it is you. <laughs> You're the person standing behind your business. And there's some separation sometimes, but really at the end of the day, it's your character mm-hmm. and um, who you are that is making some of these decisions. And so um, I, I feel like it, it was an opportunity to create a space mm-hmm. and to continue to try and create a space where, um, you know, I can say from my platform clearly that white supremacy is something that we white people, because a lot of my base is white people, mm-hmm. um, you know, Des Moines isn't as white as you would maybe guess in comparison to like other parts of Iowa probably, but you know, that's a lot of who I have in, in my um, world mm-hmm. that we as <laughs> white people need to be facing this. Yeah. You know? And um, bookstores are a place and it w- will always be a place where exchanging ideas and talking about community mm-hmm. are central. And so it needs to be a conversation that we have. So I definitely do not feel like I've done, I've navigated any of this perfectly. And I know a few of us feel that way, well, um, but I do yeah. feel like it's important. Well, it's still, and it's still like, it's a process. It's forever a process for everyone. It's going to be um, a forever process. But one thing that I am like, <laughs> I know you're not gonna want this because as, and I'm not like saying, again, I'm not saying, not giving you the total like forgiveness of this, of everything happening, not to say you're, you're handling this perfect Abby. Cause I don't think you want that in from no. me anyways. <laughs> but like one thing I did notice that I like that really resonated with me was that you not personally, but as a business, you put your message out there. You didn't hide behind. Cause a lot of people I feel like in small businesses have that option of saying the business is separate from who I am personally, but you did not do that. You were like, I remember you posted pictures of you protesting through the story house book club. You, you shared so many like of your thoughts and your emotions of everything going on. And even recently with the um, Asian American hate crimes that's happening across the country, you vocally as a, as a business said your opinions on it. And I think that's, for a small business starting out so important to let the community know that you're not separate from this business and how and how like I mean every time you do that how does it like feel for you um (laughs) my hands shake every time I feel like I uh you know am about to say something about whiteness (laughs) white supremacy you know I and I think that's something to notice, to take note of in myself and just how deep it goes. Um, that fear of, of, I, it's, it's hard to explain, but I think, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. 
It's like the fear of saying the wrong thing, not even purposely, but like also, cause it's like, I mean, I feel that too with my, just like, you're gonna say the wrong thing or you're going to accidentally, or something about you was gonna come out that you didn't even know about yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. And that is, I mean, that's so important to pay attention to, but I will say too, like having friends and people like you in my life where I can, you know, t- <laughs> it, because being a small business owner, you're by yourself sometimes making these decisions about how you um, are going to respond to something or word something. And, you know, I know that that's not good either, that, you know, you can get into your own little bubble. And, and um, so I, I will say like surrounding myself with people that I can bounce stuff off of um, has been crucial. Like, I mean, I've called you before. (laughs) (laughs) You've called me. It's been like, it's, it's so like, I mean, you're so open to like criticism, but also like in, in a way that like shows that you're very into doing the work. You're very self-critical too, in a very powerful way where you just like, I want to make sure that I am holding myself accountable, which I think is amazing for this small business. It's going to be so fantastic to see the fruits of that labor for one yourself and this business and the community. They need someone like, and how is, how has the community, how, how, cause I feel like every time I talk to you, you're so surprised by how the community has responded to all this too. <laughs> how have you seen the community respond to this in like just ways that have sh- surprised you? I think, um, I guess one of the the things that I don't necessarily ever anticipate is uh, getting to meet people or or have opportunities to do certain types of events or something that I might not have been able to if you just stay quiet about things. And I think uh, being a white person and a white business owner, especially in the book industry, which is mm-hmm. very white dominated and just whiteness is is the book industry, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. traditionally. If you want, if you want some more, <laughs> it, like look at like speeches from like um, people of color who've won like national book awards or something like that. And they talk about yeah. it. They yeah. talk about it so openly, but that's something that you can look on your own and Google it. <laughs> yes, Google it. Um, and so I will say like, I think it's, I'm, I try to be aware of the fact that I will revert to whiteness in white, um, white welcoming events and messaging and all of the things if I'm not actively thinking about it all of the time, if that makes sense. Or, or, um, you know, I think that's something that Ibram X. Kendi talks about in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. It's like, it's the water you swim in. So if you aren't constantly swimming against that current, white supremacy is strong. <laughs> it will take, it will take, um, it'll sweep you away. So, you know, if, if you just kind of take what comes to you or do what seems easy or um, I don't, I don't know, but it, you could end up seeming unwelcoming mm. to people who are not white I think without even thinking that you made the choices that that got you there, um, if that makes sense, you know, I, it definitely, I mean, and it's, I feel like also 
not in just the white community there's like it's just society like it's yeah <laughs> society's yes. white society is white and not just skin color it's white in how we present ourselves it's white in how we we think white first we think <laughs> I, I remember seeing something it's like we think white thoughts because that's what society wants us to think we're very like it's very just like there in all society So um, one of the um, things that you might not know about Abby, which you should, is that she's one of the best readers <laughs> I know. And she like reads everything. She's re she reads, I go to Abby for <laughs> what to read because she's, she's read so much. So, but like in the past year or two, we've talked a lot about how, I mean, personally talked a lot about how your readings has changed and what you're reading. So how, like what, what is your, what are you reading? What are your reading habits these days? What is your, what are you um, picking up? What are you seeing off the shelves that you're like, I need to read this? Dang, that's my favorite question. <laughs> I knew what it. What are you oh, reading? I love this. Uh, I'm reading <laughs> that Shuggy Bane novel. Oh, how is that? It's good. I, I'm liking the way that the world is painted in that book like it's very it reminds me of like Billy Elliot in terms of just like talking about uh this like Irish no is it I, I think they're Irish yeah um or like North London North UK kind of um ideas on masculinity in which I like I mean Billy Elliot's one Billy Elliot's one of my favorite movies of all time so like seeing this in a book it's kind of like very welcoming to me um so that was a plug for Shuggy Bang which you can buy at your local uh yeah. independent bookstore <laughs> but what are you what's your reading habits these days what's your reading what are, you, what are you loving so I think once when I left Denver mm. I um kind of relaxed into not feeling like I had to read advanced readers all of the time and know exactly what was coming because right. that can get stressful as a bookseller mm -hmm. where you're like you're constantly behind because you're not reading for 2023 yet exactly <laughs> we're I mean people would be like oh um what's new and coming out and I would just like sigh I'd be like oh, well, everything everything I mean which like I mean not to like um not to say that wasn't amazing at the same time too. I mean, so many connections I've made in the book world are because I read an author's book early and was able to be like, I love this so much, but no, it can get, it can get exhausting. Yep. It definitely can. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit back toward that. Um, so, okay. My lineup recently has been, I've started listening to Yolk by Mary HK Choi, mm -hmm. um, which has been, so excellent her voice is just mm -hmm. so fun it's been a very perfect like getting into springtime walking around my neighborhood um you know listening to this young woman in new york fall in love uh <laughs> deal with her family all kinds of stuff so that's been great i um finished when no one is watching by Alyssa cole when i was on vacation what was that in florida Oh man, <laughs> that's going to be the one that I hand to everybody this summer because yes. it is um, a great summer read. It's a little bit of a bop, 
but a bop with a lot to, to think about, mm-hmm. which I love. I'm not always good at like rom com type mm-hmm. books. I My husband laughs that I like to be devastated and I like to feel crushed after everything I, mean, I read. <laughs> I feel like that's something that we definitely bonded on so many times. We're like, yes. what's the saddest thing? <laughs> Yes, humanity, <laughs> the beauty and the tragedy of it all. I remember <laughs> you gave me hunger to read. And I like, the next day I was like, Abby, I read this all in one night. I, <laughs> I'm devastated, but like in a way that I love. And you were just like, <laughs> we just talked about it for like an hour or two. Broken, I'm wide open. Oh, beautiful. Yes, so I, when no one is watching is the perfect mm-hmm. kind of cross-section. Of, so Alyssa Cole writes, romance usually Mm -hmm. and I hadn't read any of her stuff before and when no one is watching is a thriller and it reminds me if anybody read the changeling by Victor Laval yeah it has that it sort of starts very grounded in uh the here and now and then things just start going sideways a little bit where you're like is is this reality? Is this actually happening? Like almost a little bit of a magical realism tilt Mm -hmm. to it. Um, But it's a thriller. And so it is um, a commentary as well on gentrification, particularly Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn, in New York, as told through this sort of spooky edge of your seat, but also romance also one of the best sex scenes I have ever read. <laughs> it's like, oh, Alyssa Cole, I understand now. Please someone get um, that on, uh, get that as an excerpt, <laughs> a blurb on the back, please. Someone <laughs> listen to get that as a blurb. Um, uh, yes, so yes, and it will leave you just, and I like learned stuff about redlining Yeah. Uh, that, you know, is like a term you hear and you kind of understand, but unless you really dig into it is kind of purposely confusing and purposely kept out of mainstream education and conversation. It's so funny Um, because I hear so many conversations about gentrification and like gentrification and redlining are like hand in hand, like one couldn't exist without the other, but like they feel so separate in conversations and I feel like that's purposeful too. So like that's another conversation for another. Yes. Listeners, this is how me and Abby talk where we'll like talk about (laughs) one thing and then two like a completely (laughs) different conversation. And like, we probably shouldn't do that here, but like, that's how we talk. This is It goes far and wide. Nothing is left untouched. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes, yeah, so highly recommend that one. I just, and it is one that will lead you down some paths of your own research and is great to read with other people mm-hmm. because it brings up some of these conversations and it is funny. It's all, it hits so many notes. I was just so blown away. So I, I just ordered a bunch of those that I intend to sell to people <laughs> this summer. Tell me that's the blurb um, you should put on your um, shelf talker for it. <laughs> yeah. I ordered all of these. You must buy them. <laughs> yes 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 um and I also just finished a backlist backlist from Donna Tart. oh did the goldfinch which was sort of a interesting book about six years ago or so and I finished the secret history yeah by her which people had told me for years that I would read and like and I just told somebody this morning I feel like it was like a 600 page (laughs) book which I don't usually go in for because I right. like to move through some stuff so I, I know what's out there but 
it was all, it left me in a kind of fugue state. I almost don't know what to say. Uh, I feel like that book is coming back. There's because you're the third or fourth people through during the pandemic oh, really? I know has like read it and have been like, oh my god, this is like. I mean, also I think there's a trend of reading bigger books right now. A friend of mine yeah. just finished A Little Life last night, called me and was Dang. like, tears. <laughs> was like, how dare you? It was a book I'm like, devastated. <laughs> how, dare you, how dare you tell me to read this book? And I'm like, yeah, sir. I mean, <laughs> also ending it with like the best, one of the best books they've ever read in like, yes. in terms of craft. But I think that's- How dare you and thank you. <laughs> that is how, that is um, when I was working, when we were working together, something that I would, that customers would say to me like how dare you but thank you for this amazing book why forever <laughs> indebted <laughs> no it's but I feel like yeah that's a trend people are reading people are taking on bigger books because when they have the time why not right yes um, but like too it's I feel like there's an escapism there for sure but I feel like yes. the history as like crazy a plot it is is an escapism book yes yeah. it definitely is uh, it is its own little atmosphere mm -hmm. of weird, dark, mm -hmm. like this is what happens when people have too much money and education and time on their hands. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, it's like, um, I, I can't quite figure it out yet. I, it, it seems like privilege was, turned evil yeah. in this really tangible way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like because it's a book about a New England college too, right? Yeah. It's like, and it's like very, I mean, white centric in a way too. Oh yeah. Feels very like real right now. Like this is like, I, I know people like read secret history and are like, oh, this is crazy. A plot will never happen. So and I'm just like, but like, yeah, uh, yes. That is the interesting part because I'm like, I, I don't, it's, <laughs> I mean, like, it could just be labeled as this is a lot of white nonsense. Yeah. But like, if somebody doesn't want to spend 600 pages on that, mm -hmm. I understand. Um, but it, yes, the whole premise is very, I feel like if I were more well-versed in mm -hmm. classical Greek literature, I would have caught a lot more of the illusion, which in and of itself tells you there's a little bit of pretentiousness that you have to undergo <laughs> to, yeah. to get to accept this book for what it is. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird novel about college kids mm -hmm. who uh, get into this weird click cult mm -hmm. type situation studying Greek literature. They're separated from, from most of their classmates and what happens from there when they take some of that learning to the extreme and like extremely disassociate from the rest of the culture which like it's weird but like also like there's something real in there too about like that idea of these like privilege kind of separating you from mm -hmm. so much culture also on the topic of like greek literature and this is Listeners, this is important. It is a good book that you should read and get it together. Like, um, have you read um, The Song of Achilles or Circe yet? No, my husband just finished The Song of Achilles and he said, you have to, this is, <laughs> this is required reading for you. So it's on that spot in my shelf where I'm saving it for when I know I need something I know I'm going to like. No, um, tell Sky anytime he wants to talk about it, just reach out, please. He, yeah, okay. <laughs> I... I mean, what, what a book that feels like I'm reading like translated Greek text. I mean, Madeline Miller, 
knocks it out of the park knocks it out of the park with that book and i just can't wait for you to read it so we can talk about it but that's but listeners Probably. book um <laughs> me and abby Tuzzin sky both highly recommend <laughs> yes uh. no um but oh i want to tell a story that's going to set up my next question first oh great so when i moved from denver um, Abby's gonna in a second know what I'm gonna talk when I'm what it's about. But when I moved from Denver, I was like, okay, I've I wanna like give people here things that I know that they would love and use. I know Abby's face is like she knows exactly what it is. And so I had a ukulele that I gave <laughs> to Abby, and Abby was like, I mean, so happy. So like one, I knew it was the right move by like, just like the happiness she um, expressed with it. But she was also like, how many learning do you play the ukulele? How was this gonna? <laughs> and like, one of the things Abby did during the pandemic was learn how to play the ukulele. Was it before or like during? No, it was in the dull drums of the, the, of the early days. Yeah. Abby learned how to play the ukulele and like, be like used it in story times for kids in a way that like has like a Mr. Rogers-esque vibe which like all like me and our friends in our group chat was like this makes sense like nothing about this surprised us at all but like the way you've been like using it in your story time and like reaching out to children in that way not shocking to the rest of us but is also just amazing to watch can you talk about because like Storyhouse Book Pub is not a children's bookstore. It's like for everyone. But yep. like at some point it does feel like a beautiful children's bookstore in space <laughs> because of what you made it. And like I'm not gonna take credit with my ukulele. I'm joking, I'm not taking oh, credit. no, this is a case of friends who are sort of prophetic in your life. <laughs> because you knew something I don't I have always been intimidated by stringed instruments I grew up playing the piano and I never understood a stringed instrument so I was full of joy when you gifted me the ukulele but in some ways it's almost like giving somebody a puppy or something you're like what am I I have to learn something like I have to do something with like I can't and I fully hung it on my wall I mean when did you leave Denver was it 2018 yeah 2018 so yeah. I had it hanging on my wall from 2018 until 2020 of last year, aspirationally. <laughs> and that is another thing about the pandemic is I finally picked it up and I realized, oh, this is the key to story time. Yeah. This is something that's like the purpose behind why Lance gave me this years ago and why I am picking it up now and what I can do with it Mm -hmm. so yes it's been such a joy talk about (laughs) I mean I could write a whole essay about that ukulele (laughs) I think I have almost started (laughs) on you're promising something that I think the listeners will want oh no (laughs) they want it uh well I will say what you want is the duet that Lance recorded with me when I sent him one of my early recordings <laughs> and was... immediately sent back within five minutes the harmonizing part to what I <laughs> and it was honestly so great it was I like we sent it to all of our friends who were like crying listening to it and so like and we promise at a reunion the next reunion we're going to do it in person yes we definitely got to no it's been so I mean like you've you've used it in virtual like your Instagram story times you've used it in like 
the in-person like outdoor pop-ups you've done that have been yeah. socially distanced but like the way that you've incorporated in that too has been like amazing every time I see like a picture of you with the ukulele I'm like ah, I'm like squeezing <laughs> him inside how and like the children are so receptive to it right oh I mean yeah they love anything that is you know movement and sound mm-hmm. and that it's been just a really nice way to like uh, like a call together for like story time is happening now I even wrote my own little parody to you are my sunshine which is now my book friends song that I call (laughs) story time together (laughs) I'm trying to make it a thing I don't know if it's a thing yet for anybody but you and me but it's going to be the story house story time thing (laughs) I won't actually no I do have kids singing it back to me um and you know one of my friends gave her kid a ukulele for Christmas because she was inspired by the storytime ukulele and she immediately started playing the, her book friends song on her <laughs> just strumming her ukulele. This is, I mean, oh my god, this is perfect. This is perfect. If you have, if you're looking for a television show, hire Abby to be the next Mr. <laughs> Rogers. I'm telling you, she will knock it out of the her and her ukulele will take the world by storm. Um the dream. The dream. the dream. No, the dream. No, it's no, it's just amazing. I mean, like you've and I know the parents love it too. The parents are definitely there, like it's in it's just it's amazing to watch it like develop in that way for this for the children especially to like find this place and I feel like I mean even working at our last bookstore together children are such important part of the bookstore industry as well and absolutely and like I know you've been working with a lot of like elementary middle and high schools too to get books in their house how has that been especially during the pandemic (laughs) how has that been yeah, so that has been a begin. That's one of my beginning projects that I is kind of still at the beginning stage, but it has been really neat. Um, one of the first people that I connected with here is um, it, it was I connected with the showing up for racial justice group here mm-hmm. in Des Moines, which has been just tantamount um, for me. But a lot of people in that group here are educators, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I've started working with some of them to um, pick out book lists mm-hmm. for, you know, they, a lot of teachers have control over what books they have in their classroom library. And in this case, um, one of these teachers was doing a race, gender, and culture class that she convinced. Um, the English department to replace British literature for high school, which is like 1000% more relevant than having, you know, a 17 year old reading Keats or something. Um, Can than I like having them read like Jessamyn Ward, you know? <laughs> I will like go to this high school and take these, cause that sounds like, like British lit, cool. This class, like, this is what, oh my God. Yes. I mean, I I almost cried walking into her classroom and delivering the books, just thinking this was the high school English teacher I wanted to be. And I was not, but (laughs) (laughs) that's the one that I wanted to be. Um, Oh my God. And like, I mean, like, look how it circles back to now you're like helping these teachers kind of like do this. And can you, I mean, like, and this is more of an open question, not even just as like, a story house um, owner, the story house owner, but um, just a person in the book industry for so long. How important is educators in the book industry? Because I feel like I I can't even think of the right answer for it because it's so 
huge, but like, do, I want to know if you have an answer to that. Yeah, it's major. I mean, yeah. educators and librarians are the major touch points for what the next generation has access to in terms of reading. And, you know, I think um, there are so many schools that just haven't thought to update their mm-hmm. curriculum in a while. You know, To Kill a Mockingbird is, um, <laughs> it's always going to be around. And at this mm-hmm. point, it's like something that you should know because it's so prolific, but it's, yeah. it's not your answer to teaching what is happening right now yes. in Minneapolis that kids are seeing on the news is not going to kill a mockingbird is not going to be your entry point for that, you know? And, and so the educators out there that are um, finding some of this literature that, you know, like teaching Jason Reynolds <laughs> instead, for instance, oh is God, major. Yes. it's major. It's so important. Um, and there are so many incredible educators doing that. And there are also, you know, in Iowa here, for instance, we have a very Republican heavy legislature that is working very hard to make it difficult for public schools to teach anti-racism work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it really is, our educators are, are unfortunately lifting so much of that burden of, of being out there and being vocal and, um, you know, fighting some of this, mm-hmm. some of this uh, very racist, you know, legislation that's coming down. So I, yeah, I just can't say enough about, you know, the more you see about some of the the things our teachers are up against yeah. um, and what they do every day. Is- and it's so, I mean, this is kind of maybe off the point a little bit, but I feel like it's important to mention these, when people talk about the TikTok generation, these kids who are like on these social media apps doing so much more than like I ever did when I was their age. <laughs> like I see kids like talking about like the um, systemic racism in ways that I'm like with these cool dances, but like I'm just like educated. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm, like, but like it's the educators who are like giving them the tools too to like under one understand it. I mean they're definitely learning from the internet and being connected, but like yeah. educators like the one like the educator you're working with um who's doing the race, gender and class was that right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, doing that is like, these kids are going to be like fighting the legislation, fighting these like heavy Republican um, ideals and like conservative ideals, I should say. But like, it's yeah. it's definitely the educators. And I mean, the book industry is so helping support them. And I mean, educators have always, since the beginning of time, been like that group that have been like working so hard for so little, but like working so, so hard. So yep. And I will, I I feel like there's like so much good energy too in the, um, with authors right now too, you know, especially like there are a lot of authors out there Mm -hmm. saying, I'm putting this book out here for you, like for educators (laughs) and for young people. And, um, you know, like, like we said, like publishing is so white Yeah. and yet there are at least some moves being made where, you know, there's so much literature out there right now that is, um, you know. So, I mean, like, look at like, The Hate You Give was like a big yeah. thing that educators were using. Even the book that me and you both read and talked so much about the Black kids. I know a lot yeah. of schools have been like reading that and talking about that with their, I mean, like, 
I feel like we, I, did you read it before the Black Lives Matter movement last it summer? It must have been like right in, right, right, right there. Yeah. I read it like, I think a month before it's the, the, everything like heated up that summer. And I was just, I remember being there like, this is such a good, this is such a good work of literature that perfectly symbolizes what's one happening right now. And like, it's doing a lot of good, like this, if teachers are teaching this right now in school, kids are gonna get it. Kids are gonna understand. And then they probably already do, but like they'll have like literature backing up their thinking. Right. And giving them- Because in, in that book, it it does a great job too of showing the cyclical nature, you know, which is so important for kids and us to, <laughs> to see as well of like what was happening with the race riots in the nineties in mm-hmm. California, you know, and like, it, oh, it looks just like what's happening today. And this is part of the- cycle of exhaustion that white supremacy just capitalizes on is just can we get people tired enough to to stop which I feel like more than ever right now we need to know about like we can't be tired and it's but like it's so it's so important and like I mean the work of like uh I mean the work you're doing to like get know these books and it's that's something that I feel like you have to have as a bookseller and even a bookstore owner even more <laughs> to like be able to like when the educators come to you saying what can I be reading right now that's doing this yeah. it's in like it's something that like we just it, it's so good to know it's so good to yeah. know but and I yeah I feel like that's one way that booksellers can really help teachers <laughs> because teachers do not have time <laughs> they yeah, do not have not. any time for <laughs> anything they are a hundred percent tapped for time so <laughs> if if they can turn to their local independent bookseller and say, what are the books I need right now on my syllabus? What do I need on my, um, in my classroom library? What do kids need to be reading? We're the ones that have time to be doing that research and to know what's coming out and to know who the authors are that can really be trusted and what sort of resources the authors are even giving. You know, a lot of times authors, that's one really cool thing about the pandemic is that they have, you know, offered a lot of, um, online resources and, and online book talks and things like that so I feel like and like this is me just making a statement to all the educators out there if you want to reach out personally to me for like a reading list for this if you just don't if you are tired and say I can't physically do this or mentally do this because in like not even talking about not we're not even brushing on the topic of teachers teaching during pandemic like that's <laughs> like we have a friend uh caroline who's doing this and just seeing the work she's doing is mind-bogglingly like yeah. how but like if you are mentally exhausted if you're physically exhausted if you just don't want to do it because you're doing so many other things reach out to me personally lance morgan on whatever way you can and even if you like have like I will make sure that I am open and available to give you a book list of I mean I do this already because like I, yes but like I do this for fun so like reach out and I'll give you a book list of perfect books to read for your age groups of like that'll that they'll need updated relevant not to kill a mockingbird <laughs> not to kill a mockingbird no Jane Eyre I promise you no British literature because it's, <laughs> it's done we've read it all it's over it's done but like whatever topic if you just even if you're like I want this topic I'll got you like I 
educators need our support right now more than ever. So I will offer that right now, publicly, mm-hmm. wherever you are in the world, I got you. <laughs> Take Lance up on this. You will not regret it. <laughs> you, I promise you, I will do the best of my ability to find you your perfect books for your students. So don't waste us offer. <laughs> do not waste us <laughs> offer. This is, a, this is not even a one-time deal. This is a forever time deal, but like, this is something you should not pass up. But <laughs> I will make sure that I get, I will help as many teachers as possible because they deserve it. Um, yeah. So because we can go on for hours and days and months, because <laughs> that's just who we are. Yeah. I, so I want, we should wrap up soon, but I have a few more questions um, for you. What would you, I mean, and you're still developing, you're doing, you're doing so much good work. Um, but like, in the past year specifically, you've opened, you've opened this bookstore, which is just, I mean, I keep smiling when I say, cause like <laughs> so deserved and so amazing, but what advice would you give? I mean, I feel like the end of this pandemic, we're gonna see a lot more of like people starting over, people trying to like make a new start. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the book world will experience this. What would you say to people who are going to start a new bookstore after this? Or like what, and what surprises will they face that you wanna give them advice about? Yes. Well, I would say a few things, like just practical things. Um, Join up with the other people doing independent Mm -hmm. bookstores. There's a lot of ways to do that. You can join the American Booksellers Association, which I highly recommend. Um, Your regional association, which is sort of uh, a um, branch of the American Booksellers Association. Get connected with other booksellers, especially if you haven't been in the industry before. It's just such a weird retail space. It's so different <laughs> than everything else um, in, in a great way, but there's yeah. a lot to, to learn. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of nuts and bolts. But also um, I think one thing that I didn't hear a lot prior to starting this version of, of Storyhouse mm. was um, get creative with how you want to start and don't let the idea of what your final iteration dream is hold you back from what you might be able to do now. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot of sort of uh, traditional style thinking still in um, what it what it looks like to start a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like people thinking, well, I need four walls and tens of thousands of dollars of inventory Mm. and a big loan from the bank and um, nothing can can start before those things happen. And I started with that idea too, probably when I created my business plan, but I shifted during the pandemic Mm. toward what can I do that a bookstore does Mm. without having to have those things? Because it's not about the four walls. We've talked about that. That's not what people love. They might enjoy your space, but it's not about, you know, the four walls you're in. And it's not about, um, you know, having every single title on a shelf. Anybody can can go online and get what they need uh, easily. It's about who you are in the community and doing the things that a bookstore does, which is bringing people together, Mm -hmm. celebrating the joy of reading, having important conversations about um, ideas <laughs> and about like who we are in our communal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being and so much of it stems from that. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what I love. 
I don't, I don't love, you know, the idea of uh, having to have every single book or being under this huge loan, (laughs) you know? And so if you can start with that, you know, a few thousand dollars, if you can scrounge it up somewhere Mm -hmm. can get you started and like having a voice and something you want to to say and be in the community like that might be able to be enough to start and you can have your big you know later on dream you know I called it storyhouse book pub because I want I do want to have it be this you know sort of lovely event space where people can can come and eat and drink and commune around books you know but that's not it's not what it is right now yet and it's still lovely right now so that's what I would say and that's such good advice I mean yeah like if you you all should follow Storyhouse Book Pub online. But if you just like, I mean, one, the evolution of what it's become now is so amazing to see. But like, even when you were posting you and Sky building it up and like making yeah. it like what, and it's like, I saw two people it just like with their hands making this like you yeah. know like blood sweat and tears <laughs> what it is and like and I'm not joking blood sweat and tears went into yes. this store and it, it pays off like the community shows up they show up because they under they saw the work you did and kind of off of what you were saying what do you see where do you see or what do you envision and this might be a terrible because I feel like last time I asked you this look what happened <laughs> but what do you what, what do you envision Storyhouse Book Pub to be or like in the future? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's such, it's so hard because every time you start, you know, thinking you're gonna, you're gonna make it into this certain thing, things change. So I, I think I, the, you know, as mentioned, I do love creating spaces for people. And, and I do find that to be a really um, important, fulfilling thing, you know, to create safe and joyous and welcoming spaces in the community. Um, I love that. And so I do see a brick and mortar down the line, um, however that might look. And I mean, to continue to build the best parts of what's happening now, which is bringing a like like linking arms with these other business owners that I've met and these other organizations in the community that have similar missions and continuing working together and and making stuff and Mm -hmm. making events um and (laughs) whatever that might look like you know it can it can be especially with COVID subsiding hopefully um around the corner you know, actually being able to gather and to do book clubs and readings and all of the things, um, things. will be, will be a great, a great day. Yeah. And like, I can just imagine how perfect your book clubs will be too. I just, I'm I'm like, I'm so excited for what it's going to look like. So my final two questions for you, um, or what would you like to say to this, like, if you imagine you're speaking directly to the Des Moines community right now, what would you love to say to them? Thank you. I like you. <laughs> perfect. No notes. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> no, I mean, it's in like, also, and you wrote a letter to the Des Moines community too, right? Like a public 
letter. Look at that, please, because I remember reading it and being like, like perfect, mm-hmm. like a perfect thing to them. But like, yeah, I mean, and also as a friend of Abby's, thank you for accepting her into the community because she Aww. deserves it. Um, and then the last question I have is, what would you like to say to the independent bookstore community as a whole? And like, it could be like, from for all your time working in independent books <laughs> and giving doing so much for it. Oh man, I I mean I feel very grateful because I feel like I learned so so much about um, what it looks like to own a business, what it looks like to own a business out of passion and love and um, a sort of belief in your community instead of it needing to be this, this sort of. Uh, you know, booksellers generally don't do it for notoriety or power. <laughs> you know, a lot of the things we talk about when we talk about business is indie bookselling. It runs, runs kind of counter to that often, yeah. which yeah. is sort of a, a beautiful thing to see. And, um, and to see an industry understand that it's better, it operates better when there are more of us. Mm-hmm. instead of a scarcity mindset there's really an abundance mindset of there's always more room for more independent booksellers doing more <laughs> um and so that I've really appreciated and I've really appreciated how that I've um kind of been taught that and been able to bring that um attitude with me into you know Des Moines here um yeah. and also like I've seen a lot of growth in the independent bookselling industry. And I have been less involved in the ABA than I have been in the past. But from what I've seen, I feel like it's heading in a really good direction of starting to think more about equity in our industry and about (laughs) the whiteness of our industry. And so I have a lot of hope for, for, for like that sort of organizational, from an organizational standpoint as well. And like, I feel like the listeners should know this too. Everyone should know this. No independent bookstore is in it for the money. There, it's impossible. No independent bookstore is in it for. We're in it for the community. Like, and I feel like that's a beautiful thing. We're in it for you. We're in it for the community. We're in it for the people to like give you a better space. Since the be in like always. There's never been an independent bookstore. There's never not been an independent bookstore in history. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's embedded in our culture in a beautiful way. Um, one thing, I, I know I said this is the last one, but one thing I just realized we did not touch on was that, I mean, I mean, obviously you are a woman, this is a women owned bookstore that like you started. Any quick things on that? Like a, being a, a woman who's like, you're kind of, I mean, you have a community around you. You have these people who love and care about it too. But how is it being like that soul, a woman like running and being the face of and doing all these things for this bookstore? That's amazing. I I feel, yeah, very supported, which mm-hmm. is great, um, especially by reaching out to other businesses in Des Moines. There are so many really badass female-owned businesses here (laughs) um which is very very fun Mm -hmm. uh and yes I think um being in a a woman in sort of a a social uh business sometimes it um it's a good fit (laughs) do you know what I mean but but I 
I think also sometimes we uh, we uh, have not been socialized necessarily to be business people, right. to be leaders, to to have power. You know, right. all of the things. Um, you know, and I'm speaking in broad strokes here, of course. But so in some ways, I love that, and that's why I love working with women. Is because <laughs> it is a little bit less uh, of that bullshit that you have to navigate but sometimes there's also I, I have to remember like you can't give everything away <laughs> like you you can't you still have to make it make money um you can't yeah. just because I think some like I'm so community-minded and so many of the women I know are so community-minded that 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 can sometimes be something you have to remember that has been socialized into you of like you don't deserve anything you don't deserve to pay yourself a living wage <laughs> you know like that kind of mindset which can be easy to fall into mm -hmm. too so no I mean that's I mean that's I feel like good advice for um just like people in general like that's good advice that's great advice um <laughs> and like I want to say this is to my listeners too I know this is Skylight Books is an LA based bookstore and LA has a great community but I know some of you are from Des Moines Iowa or just Iowa in general who've moved out to LA so next time you go home to your Iowa family for vacation to visit or whatever please please go check out the amazingness that is Storyhouse Book Pub and tell your parents, tell your family to go check it out. Tell your nieces and nephews that you take photos of on Instagram to go out to this bookstore because <laughs> this, I mean, this is a special, special, special place. Abby, where can um, our listeners find you on social media? Yeah. So we're on Instagram is the best. That's probably where I have most of the most robust content shall we say yeah, on Instagram. Also like fantastic content like you <laughs> will you. Have, you I mean I when you have like the interviews that are amazing and like your story times I'm like tuned in in the background like this is oh good I love seeing you there because I'm like oh so nervous <laughs> um yeah so Storyhouse Book Pub is the handle and then Facebook too and um website is storyhousebookpub.com and Abby, this has been such a fantastic, amazing conversation. I mean, one, I just, I mean, like, we're going to, like, get off this recording and just cry about how amazing it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And we're, listeners, you don't get to hear that because this is for us. <laughs> um, we need to cry. <laughs> we need to cry. We need to cry. No, this has been so fantastic, Abby. As a friend, I'm just so happy for your the success and growth of your business. And I just, like, I mean, I just love and this has been I just love talking to you and we're going to see each other soon for sure and it's going to be amazing and you might not know this about Abby but she makes the most fantastic cocktails so and <laughs> she is a bartender like a secret underground bartender so she oh I love I love that you shouted that out it is such I a mean I had to I had to um she you <laughs> just like you are like I feel like in another life you were like a speakeasy bartender yes <laughs> yes it perfectly fits no um but like Abby please please just support um Abby's bookstore because it's amazing and it's a special place and thank you Abby for coming on it's thank you thanks so much this is this was such a blast just to get to chat with you about books Lance I'm so flattered that you invited me
I'm flattered that you joined. I'm like, I mean, this is, and I know that like everyone's like Skylight itself as a store, we're super excited to have you because we just, one, it's incredible, incredible and almost unthinkable that you did this, you started this during a pandemic. So like, just like kudos to you. Like it's not everyone has that courage and just like, I don't, I don't even know the right word, but like just doesn't have that thing that someone would do this during a pandemic, but wow. Um, and like, wow, this is so, this is all deserved. You deserve this. And yeah, thank you again. This has been the Skylight book, the Skylight Books podcast, Skylight with our special hand sell episode. Please check Abby's podcast out, Abigail Paxton. Uh, I'll use your full name. Um, and yeah, thank you again and have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon. I see.